Welcome back to part two of this chat with Fee Johnson, business strategist and the founder of Peach Business Management. Let's dive in. Okay, so one of the things that works for me in terms of making an investment in my brand or hiring a team member is when I hit a particular target. It's when I go, okay, once I reach this stage, this could be an objective or it could be a revenue target or a certain capacity, then I will bring someone on. And so I just want to talk with you about the power of setting targets and objectives, because this is something that everyone knows that they should do in theory. They all know that they should be setting targets and objectives, but very few people do them, Fee. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that happens when you set a target is you're setting yourself up to potentially fail. And that can be scary. So, you know, setting a target is a real exercise in, yeah, optimism and sort of backing yourself. And, you know, you can't go into business unless you are optimistic. Like the nature of being a business owner requires you to be optimistic about the future. And so when you set a target for yourself, there's a couple of things that need to happen. First of all, you need to believe that it is possible. And that can be a real stumbling block for a lot of business owners, especially if it's a really big milestone, like it might be, you know, a million dollars of revenue, or it might be having a team of 10 people, or it might be, you know, having a customer base of 10,000 or whatever it is. So first you need to believe that it's possible. And that's a really big part of setting a target. Then the next thing that needs to happen is for you to understand how you're going to hit that target. So if your target is a million dollars of revenue, how do you get there? Is that working with 10,000 customers per year? Is it working with 100 customers per year, et cetera, et cetera? So first of all, understanding how am I going to hit that target and do I genuinely believe that it's possible? Once we've worked through those two kind of potential areas for, you know, a bit of blockage, then the next thing to realise is that having targets and objectives, especially when they're monitored, so when we actually check in on them on a regular basis, that actually helps to give us a sense of making progress, which is how we stay motivated. So, you know, at a very high level of motivational science, they have uncovered that in order to build and stay motivated, we need to see that we are making progress. So if that's something that resonates with you, really thinking about, you know, how do I show myself that I'm making progress? Because that's going to keep you going. So, yeah, once you've sort of decided that setting targets and objectives is for you, it just gives you that sense of purpose. So where am I actually heading towards? And another thing that I've seen in my work is that people who have anxiety, which is, in my opinion, most business owners have some level of anxiety and it often gets stronger once you become a business owner. You just have to kind of get comfortable with it. (laughs) If you have anxiety, particularly if you have anxiety around the future of your business, having a number to focus on is really powerful. So if your targets are meaningful, and when I say meaningful, I find that having a target of a million dollars often doesn't really mean anything. But having a target of 10,000 clients per year or whatever yours is, 
being able to actually picture those clients or picture those orders being sent from your warehouse or whatever your metric is makes it much easier for you to sort of grab onto that number and think about it when things are feeling a bit stressful. So if you know you need to work with 100 clients this year, how far along that journey are you? And how can you focus on working with however many more you need to bring in for that year? Yeah, really, really good. That's a really interesting thing. And I like, I'm very curious about this from a psychology perspective. But often when I set a target, it's incredible how close I come to the target. Like, you know, it's, they are just so powerful. And exactly as you said, when, especially when you check in and you monitor it and not just sort of hope and pray for the best, but actually like check in and go, okay, I said I wanted to have 20 campaign classroom students. I'm sitting at 12. I better go shake some trees. Like yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to do something now because I'm going to miss this target. And so it spurs you into action as opposed to like, oh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I hear the most, and I'm sure you hear this, to the power of a hundred feet is that, well, I don't know what's reasonable. I don't know what target to set. I don't know what number to pull. So I would love to hear your thoughts about how do you go about setting marketing objectives or revenue targets? Mm. Well, the first step would be to come and work with me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, joking. I mean, you can if you want to, but um, yeah, no, that is a really cool question. And I think working with the right coach or mentor is a big part of helping you to set targets. And if you know yourself, you'll know whether you're more likely to overestimate your ability or under. So really thinking about what is my natural tendency here and am I tending towards setting a target that I know I'll achieve and therefore I get a gold star or am I actually trying to sort of stretch myself towards something that feels a bit hard so as you might have cottoned on to before I'm really keen on the idea of the how so I don't really care whether your target is a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars what I want to know is how are you going to achieve that I'm obsessed with the idea of how. Is that going to be, you know, if your target's $100,000, is that going to be $100 an hour times 1,000 hours per year? Is that how you get to 100000 Or if your target is a million dollars, does that look like, I'm sure these numbers will be wrong, 200 packages that cost $5,000 across the year. So Mm. I'm really obsessed in understanding like how do we actually look at those two levers? What is the price? What is the volume in terms of working out our target? And most people set revenue targets because that's the easiest thing for us to visualise in our mind. So I don't think that there's a specific you know, everybody should try to increase their revenue by X percentage. But I do think that growing a lot year after year is really dangerous. So Mm. depending on your business model, of course, like if you actually have a scalable business, which most businesses are not scalable, they're growable. Don't think that's a word, but you can grow a business, but scaling is a whole other thing. So if your business is a business that is able to grow, if you doubled your business revenue, say three or four years in a row, 
you will be absolutely burned out. You will probably have had cash flow problems in the meantime and you probably will have lost sight of, of what it was that you were trying to do. So I really try to encourage clients to consider could we have some really consistent, stable growth over, you know, five years rather than having these massive growth spikes where the wheels are falling off the whole time and the wheels might be your team's well-being, it might be your well-being, your health might be suffering, et cetera, et cetera. So a growing business is not always a profitable business and that is something that I see a lot that when we get really busy, which is what happens when we double our revenue, we start making decisions that aren't actually in our long-term financial kind of interests. So whilst I don't have a target that people should be looking to do each year, I think we should all be trying to grow our income to some degree each year and doing that through having regular price increases and honing in and getting really, really clear about who our target market is. And that's why we love marketing and marketers because they help us to identify the target client and help us find more of them. Yeah, I appreciate you saying all of that because I feel exactly the same. And the number one reason for startup failure is premature scaling. So please, please, please take all of this advice about how you can scale your business in your sleep with a lot, a lot of caution because we've all experienced a brand that was great and we loved working with them and then we had great customer service and they were really responsive and then they grew too quickly and then it just all went down the toilet. And that's exactly what you've just outlined. All jokes aside, I really do think it's important to tap into the expertise of strategists like you, like me, if you're not sure about setting targets, setting objectives, like you and I, we've been around for a while now. I can tell you what is a realistic marketing objective. Like if you come to me and you say, oh, I want to grow my Instagram followers by 10,000 in six weeks, I'll say, ain't going to happen. Sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. And so, you know, because, you know, I've been doing this for 21 years, you've got decades of experience as well. So you can help businesses absolutely think about what's realistic and what's achievable and, and, and go back to that. Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for entrepreneurs. Master the fundamentals of marketing, nail your email marketing strategy, or join my signature program, Campaign Classroom, and learn how to create killer marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice. Nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect accountability, a supportive community, and to walk away with practical, real-world marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. So let's get to talking about marketing budgets because, as I mentioned in the intro, I don't think I've ever had a student who actually has a marketing budget. Yeah. What they seem to do is they spend as they go. They get to a stage where they realize they need to upgrade their website, so that's four grand there. And then they need this app 
you know, Calendly or an Acuity or a Kajabi. And so then they, you know, sign on for a $200 subscription and then they get Zoom and then they print business cards and they actually don't start the year with a defined marketing budget. And this fee, and I'm sure it's the same for you, absolutely blows my mind because it's just, it's just like, upside down topsy-turvy for me. It's just, you know, obviously I have a corporate background, but professional marketers start the year with a budget. They go into their bosses and they fight and they fight for the budget and they go, okay, no, I need an extra this and I need an extra that. And if you give me this, I'm going to, I can promise you that. And they start with the budget. They know exactly how much they're going to spend for the next 12 months. And then they think about how they're going to allocate it so that that money can work hard for them. Because the problem with spending as you go is that you obviously run out of money. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then a really worthwhile opportunity comes along and you can't afford it. So how do you go about setting a marketing budget? Yeah. How much? Do you spend? (laughs) It's so good. And, you know, I think the first thing to to think about is what is my business model? Like how does my business fit together? And what are my main channels for new clients? So if you're going back to what we were saying before, if you're having a year that's about consolidation rather than growth, where you're getting all of your process and policies and systems in place, you probably don't need to be extending your marketing budget in that year, okay? So when you're having a a year or when you're planning to have a year of growth, so you have really clear targets, so we want to grow our, you know, say you have a business that's bringing in 400,000 a year and you want to get to 500,000 and you're really clear about how you're going to find that extra 100,000, I would be comfortable with you spending up to 20% of that $100,000 that you're or you believe you're able to bring into your business. But there's a caveat on that. So if you're spending marketing dollars, whether that's, you know, from all of the different kinds of marketing activities that there are, I want you to be thinking about the quality of the customer or the transaction that you're trying to bring in. So if you are looking to bring in a long-term client, I'm happy with 20% of their income going to marketing. If you're just trying to bring in a single transaction and it's unlikely that you're going to get anything more from that customer, I probably don't want you spending more than 5 or 10% on that, on that particular lead or that customer. So really thinking about, What is the quality of the customer or the transaction and what is their longevity to me in the context of my business? And if you are bringing in somebody who is going to have longevity, I'm happy for you to spend more money to bring that person or business into your sort of ecosystem. Also really understanding like, I mean, when we talk about spending marketing budget, we're generally talking about advertising. Uh, Most people think that spending money on marketing is advertising, but that's just one component. So what I'm talking about with the 5, 10 or 20% is advertising. You know, so if you're spending money to bring in that particular customer, generally we're talking about, you know, advertising. And in the same context, and I know that you and I agree on, on this topic, 
what are the long-term marketing spends or where where are the marketing spends in your business that have longevity? So are you spending money on SEO, which is something that will actually set your business up for years to come if it's done right? Are you setting yourself up with great content uh, marketing or content thought leadership or thought pieces? Are you actually building relationships with your customers that encourage them to recommend and refer you to other clients? And are you spending money on other really great assets such as photography, website, brand? Because I see all of those things as being investments in your business, whereas I see paying for advertising or even to a certain degree paying for someone to kind of manage your social media accounts that's pretty short-term kind of marketing spend because it's really it's more focused on the kind of day-to-day and bringing that one sort of sold transaction in and one thing that I would just want to say before I stop ranting is so many businesses rely on word of mouth to bring clients in but are doing nothing to foster and encourage that within their business So if you are saying to yourself, well, I don't need to do marketing because all of my clients come to me via word of mouth, that's excellent. But you also need to think about how do I actually ensure that that continues? How do I actually, you know, thank and incentivize my clients for bringing their, you know, friends and family into my business? And it doesn't need to be you giving them money or starting some kind of affiliate marketing program. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, all power to you. But I find that a lot of business owners forget just the general courtesy of thanking someone for their recommendation. So that's my two cents. So good. That was not a rant at all. So many good points that I just want to highlight from there. One, if you've got ambitious objectives in terms of like growing your revenue, then yeah, you're going to have to spend a bit more money. So I think that that's the first sort of fallacy that we need to sort of knock on the head that yeah, to make money, you're going to have to spend some money. You know exactly that I like to invest in long-term brand building, you know, the best website that you can afford, like beautiful, high-performing sales and landing pages, because that's where people actually convert. But I will also say that there is a lot of female entrepreneurs, and you said that they are risk averse, that have zero advertising budget. And I don't know if zero is the right number. It doesn't have to be $20,000, but um, yeah, if you, if you look at your budget and it is all subscriptions and apps and consultants and contractors and none of it is paid media, then how are you going to attract new people to your brand? So I think it's important that the budget is not zero in terms of that. And then don't even get me started on the brands that I speak to who are like, oh, I don't need marketing because um, my business relies on word of mouth. I'm like, that's great. So great. The only problem with that is that that is pretty risky If one day those word of mouth referrals dry up, also the role of marketing is not to make more sales always, you know, that's not what 
marketers do is just help you make more sales. It also, good marketing will help you raise your prices so that you can work with better clients. You can say no to the pain in the ass clients. Whereas if you're just relying on word of mouth, you can't be all that selective. You just have to take what you can get. Whereas great marketing gives you choices and it allows you to take back control of your business, which I think is so important. Preach. Totally agree. <laughs> okay, so final question, because of course we have, you know, just completely blown out the time, which is absolutely fine. It's my <laughs> podcast. I can do whatever the hell I like. <laughs> Let's just share our thoughts on where to invest your precious funds. We have covered a few items like, you know, SEO is really very worthwhile because having a beautiful website is great, but if no one visits it, then eh. so you know that this is great long-term brand building investment. We talk, I, I spoke about high performing sales and landing pages because that's actually where most businesses make transactions these days. So even if you're a service-based business, people might actually purchase your services via your website now. The traditional invoicing system has thankfully gone someplace to die. And what we're seeing is a huge rise in productized services like like mine and yours. You know, to book into financially fit, you go to the Peach Business Management website and you purchase through the website. So that point of purchase, that sales page, is really freaking important. (laughs) What else? Uh, Look, I think we have such similar thoughts about this and I think investing in an amazing copywriter is just such an amazing investment for you as a business owner. I think any, any person that can help you gather your thoughts together around marketing or your business or how you are positioning yourself is worth every penny that they ask for. Because I think a lot of business owners, you know, we're talking about like what to invest in and how to, you know, put the budget together. But a lot of business owners actually aren't that clear about who they want to work with, how many clients they want to work with per year or how many transactions they want to sell per year. So, yeah, anyone that can help you to clarify who you serve, what you do for them, you know, help you to articulate your purpose. And going back to the idea of sales pages on websites, I just don't understand why people don't put their prices on their website. I think when you're an e-commerce business, you have no choice. You have to put your prices on your website, okay? As service businesses, there's this idea that, you know, clients are going to want to somehow come through some mystical swamp of information about all of these great things we do and all the packages we have, but not actually telling them what the prices are. So I'm a massive advocate for prices on websites for a variety of reasons. So I think just building on your ideas of SEO, great website, great brand, and then also extrapolating from there and saying, how do I communicate this to the world, whether that's via photography, graphic design, video, illustration, and words. I think those investments are long-term and worth every cent. Totally. All right, I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't spend your money on. (laughs) Please do not spend your money on paid advertising until you have some organic traction with your brand. So if you're not making sales organically, then you are going to be throwing good money after bad on Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Spotify ads. 
it's three years into this business that I am now investing in ads because I figured it out. I've, you know, I've put those missing pieces, those disjointed pieces back together and it's, it's gelling. And now I know I'm onto something and that I can amplify those organic results with paid, but every single successful entrepreneur I've ever spoken to, when you here, their number one regret is that they spent so much money on paid advertising and they hadn't quite, to your point, Fee, un, like gotten clear on the offer and the value proposition was slightly out. So don't do that. Don't spend money on business cards, wrapping your car, yeah. signage for yeah. your business or anything that, I mean, it's going to make you feel good about yourself and it's going to hopefully make you step into your role as CEO and it's going to help you grow confidence. But can you do that really cheaply so that we can take that money and invest it in places that are going to actually generate some revenue? Those are absolute nice to haves. Same deal with branded gifts and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, those are a kind of novelty items. And then when it comes to contractors and consultants, you have to choose. You, I don't think as a bootstrap startup founder, you can afford a copywriter, a graphic designer, a social media manager, a website designer, and a paid ad specialist. You can't afford all of those things. And so you have to decide which one you're going to outsource and which one you're going to upskill in. So I am no graphic designer. <laughs> it is yeah. so bad. And so I outsource graphic design and I still do to this day and love, love, love the visual identity for Campaign Del Mar and we work with a graphic designer on a monthly basis. But as a result, I have to write all the copy, all of it, (laughs) every single word. And I've just, you know, knowing that the graphic design is being taken care of, then I can just focus on honing my own writing skills. And so Mm. you can't outsource it all. So pick, pick. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I think communication is the most important and valuable thing in a business yeah so if if you're someone who knows how to communicate you are going to be successful in business no matter what the website looks like or how crappy or you know shitty business cards are or whatever and going back to signage I heard someone from quite a well-known restaurant talking about when they first opened it they didn't have money for a sign so they had some random graffiti thing on a bit of cardboard or something that was an actual joke and people loved that sign so much they ended up keeping it and became part of it became an iconic part of their brand so don't think that even if you have a bricks and mortar you know venue that signage has to be really expensive from day one totally yeah well that was an absolute pleasure fee how can people get in touch with you if they're looking for a business strategist who is going to help them demystify money management great um yeah so come to my website peach.business where you'll see all of my prices (laughs) um (laughs) you can also find me at the same place on instagram so peach.business and yeah i have a group program called get financially fit which you can join in september this year is the next round and i also have some really amazing one-on-one programs that i run for small and medium business owners oh amazing all right i'm going to put those links in the show notes and thank you so so much matey it was such a pleasure chatting with you today pleasure was all mine thanks mia (laughs) 
Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly.